This is highlights brought to you by Radio Taiwan International. Welcome to the show. Many foreign journalists based in China have complained that the country is becoming increasingly difficult to report from. In their recent annual report, the Committee to Protect Journalists says that China is jailing a record number of journalists. The country is actually jailing the second highest number of journalists in the world. Even former Australian Broadcasting Corporation China correspondent Bill Bertels had to practically escape from China when Australia-China ties were at a new low. Australian authorities were concerned that the Chinese government might try to detain Bertels, the way that the Chinese government did back in 2020 when they detained the Australian Chinese reporter Cheng Lei. Natalie spoke to Bertels about the kind of difficulties that foreign correspondents face when reporting out of China. They got more difficult um, from initially when I was back there in 2015 for the ABC. It wasn't that difficult at the time. Of course, you never get access to anybody in power, but you could interview uh, academics and sort of advisors to the government. Uh, you could get access to big private companies like uh, Didi Chuxing and Wanda and um, these sorts of companies would be happy to, uh, as they say, cooperate with the foreign media because they have a good story to tell. But certainly in the last couple of years, uh, 2019, 2020, by the time I left, it was getting more and more difficult because just overall there was a sense that the foreign media was hostile to China. This idea was continually perpetuated by the Communist Party. And we've seen, since I've been gone, we've seen in the last year or two, uh, some pretty nasty incidents where when foreign journalists turn up for flood coverage in Hernan, you have the Communist Party Youth League putting out social media posts telling everybody if they see foreign journalists to report them to the police, uh, people surrounding foreign journalists and accusing them of being biased. Um, there's just a, a nastiness now to it. And we also see that through the, the state media uh, in, in the way it uh, continually attacks uh, the BBC, uh, CNN, basically anyone. So I, I did see, but just before I left, that even doing the more simple things that you do for television, such as standing on the street and doing reporting, uh, that increasingly you would have people going past and calling the cops on you. Uh, and this is in downtown Beijing as well. So by all accounts, the environment for the foreign media in China has only deteriorated even further. And the last thing to add, of course, is that COVID has been used as an excuse to limit journalist visas uh, and to limit the travel for journalists in China. So it looks like a pretty, pretty dire situation at the moment. Bertels also shared his perspective on whether the Chinese public has generally turned negatively against foreign journalists. You know, you don't want to generalise and say everybody. There are plenty of cynics in China who, who see exactly what's going on. But it's a critical mass thing, isn't it? I think the best comparison to understand it for an audience outside China is the Trump campaign in the United States, where from an early on, early point, uh, Donald Trump uh, stigmatised the media as being out to get him. And he created conditions where his supporters decided to reject and ignore any reporting about him from uh, most elements of the media because he'd already uh, inculcated this idea in people's heads that the media is always lying, it's always out to get me, so it can't be trusted, it's hostile. You know, they're the enemy. They're the enemy of the people, as Trump once said. Now, this is very, very similar playbook 
to how the Chinese Communist Party operates when it comes to the foreign media. Basically putting out the idea from the first place, and we saw this back in you know 2008 when the Olympics were on, it's not a new idea, but this constant uh, repetition through state media, through WeChat channels, that the foreign media is hostile, that they are hostile foreign forces, and it's out to get China. They always like to say, more hey Georgia, more hey slander China. Uh, this is just constant repetitive messaging from the Communist Party uh, to the population in China. And uh, if you repeat something enough, it becomes uh, a standard idea. And, and you'd see this when you do simple things like box pops. You're on the street and um, you've got a camera and people are walking by and, you know, you're sort of saying, hi there, where, where were the Australian media? Can we ask you about... Uh, what are your plans for Chinese New Year with COVID, you know? Are you worried? Are you planning to leave the city? Something really politically benign. And increasingly, we saw people say, foreign media, no, nah, not talking to you. And we even had people report us to police and security guards multiple times. So that's the best way to understand it. It's the same tactic that the Trump campaign uses to stigmatise the media. And I, I don't think everybody in China, of course, buys into this, but certainly it would be my casual observation that the majority of people kind of do. And those who are kind of cynical about this, at the very least, it has a chilling effect where they know if they engage with the foreign media, if they accept an interview with BBC, then you're going to have Wu Mao and, uh, and um, all the little pinks, the um, and Hong getting online and attacking them and saying, you Hanzian, you traitor, why are you speaking to the BBC? It's a pretty toxic environment. Bill Bertels moved to Taiwan earlier this year and is now the ABC's East Asia correspondent. So taking all this into consideration, do you think that you would want to be a journalist in China, Itamar? You know, honestly, I think I would because even though it might be becoming more dangerous and there are a lot of problems in reporting out of China, I still think that being a foreign correspondent in China is arguably the most important media job in the world because China is becoming increasingly important and the confrontation between especially the United States and China continues to heat up and it's especially in this moment that we really need to know what's going on in China. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really admirable and important that we have journalists that are as committed as you and as Bill Bertels that are, you know, willing to work in China and make sure that the public still knows what's happening there. Although foreign journalists have been leaving China, many are looking to travel between Taiwan and China, especially ahead of the Lunar New Year. Now, Taiwanese officials are considering how to reopen these routes. Debate continues as to when and how travel connections between Taiwan's outlying islands and China's Fujian province, known as the Three Mini Links, will be reopened. This is especially true because the Lunar New Year holiday is just over a month away. Jinmen County legislator Chen Yu-jen has expressed concern that delaying a decision makes things difficult, especially for people returning to Jinmen for the Lunar New Year. Head of the National Security Council, Wellington Ku, stated that a decision will definitely be made before the holiday. However, there have been concerns about reopening the links with China. Central Epidemic Command Center leader Victor Wang said that it is very difficult to assess the epidemic situation in China and how it will impact the outlying islands. He cautioned that it would be best to open the links in stages in order to maximize safety and control any outbreaks. Some experts have suggested that the islands should first open to those with Taiwanese nationality. Whatever the decision, everyone is hoping that the Lunar New Year celebrations will be safe. 
Extending military conscription is a hot topic in Taiwan. Now authorities say an official extension decision will be out by the end of the month. The government is expected to announce that compulsory military service will be extended from four months to one year. Defense Minister Chiu Guozheng stated publicly earlier this month that the government will likely make the announcement before the end of the year. In addition to public support, the move has also been applauded by other members of government and civil society groups. Current Minister of the Veterans Affairs Council and former Defense Minister Feng Shiquan stated that four months is too short to train a combat-ready soldier. Some experts have stated that the quality of training also needs improvement. They say that aspects of training, such as an emphasis on bayoneting drills, are outdated and do not reflect modern security concerns. Thus, they have suggested that training should be more specialized in areas such as cybersecurity. You are listening to Radio Taiwan International. Visit us on our website at en.rti.org.tw and on YouTube at youtube.com slash rti English. It's just a lovely day to say 